lifetime of serving the Lord is that worship can change a lot of things. You got to be faithful. Ain't no doubt about that. You got to be obedient to God. I know all these things, and but there are times in our life where that worship, you don't worship what you don't value most of all. To worship something is to put it in its right place. The Lord's before everything. And and when we worship the Lord, it just changes things. You see Him for who He is. And so many times in the Scripture, you would see people that before their miracles, you find them worshiping the Lord. Not coming and asking something, just, but it says, it, it just makes a point to mention that he fell down worshiping. The man that had the legion of devils, he, 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 the Lord stepped on his land and he runs to him and falls down and says he ran to him, fell down worshiping because he knew who he was. And he saw him for who he was and for what he could do. And, and without having to ask, God took care of the situation and a, a leper came down, uh, caught Jesus as he comes down from the mountain after he's been preaching and, and he comes and he falls down worshiping. And it's that worship starts that turnaround, gets things moving in the right direction. Job, uh, at the, the very height of destruction in his life, we find Job falling down and worshiping. And then you just read his comeback story from that point on, how God works in his life till he's blessed more in the latter end than he was in the beginning. If I could give anybody starting in church or any seasoned saint, I would remind them and tell them, don't ever lose that worship because it's such a powerful, powerful part of who we are uh, and, and what we do and how we acknowledge him. Praise God. Let's give him one more hand clap and shout of praise in this house. Hallelujah. 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 I know I, I preached one time before, and I heard it said before, but before I was anything, before I was a preacher, before I was a pastor, before I was ever an evangelist or anything else like that, I was a worshiper. You know, before, before David was king, he was a worshiper. And as long as he remembered that, Man, his life was so great with God. As long as he kept that in view, as long as he had that worship, great things happened in his life. And uh, it, it'll take you all the way to the end because worship's focused on the eternal. Praise God. Well, glad to have regeneration in with us tonight. So yeah, every time I know they're going to be in here, it puts the pressure on me because I'm like, mm, I got them for a night. Let's see what Let's see what I can do. Uh, but though I'm so thankful uh, for our young people that, that just love the Lord and serve the Lord like they do. And I appreciate all of our visitors tonight. Thank you for being with us, seeing a couple of new faces. Glad to have you. Give our visitors a hand tonight. We appreciate you being with us. Hallelujah. Thankful. God's so good to us. Don't forget that this Sunday will only be one service starting at 12. Uh, go ahead and be here at 11, and you can go to the prayer rooms for an hour. That'd be great. Uh, we encourage that anyway. So uh, just go ahead and plan on being here at 11 anyway, and we'll direct you to the right prayer room, and uh, uh, we'll have a great time in the Lord. It's going to be a good good service, so appreciate that. If you have your Bibles tonight, um, actually, I'm going to let you be seated, and you can follow them because I've got uh, this portion of scriptures. It'll read quick, but it's just a little longer than a couple of verses. I'd rather not make you stand any longer than you have to. Uh, Matthew chapter 19, a favorite verse or favorite chapter. Uh, I've always enjoyed the lesson in it, the lessons in it really, I guess. But uh, one tonight we'll focus on Matthew 19 and verse 16. I'm going to read through to verse 30. I appreciate my wife playing the praise team tonight. Thank you for doing that. It says, and behold, one came and said unto him, speaking to Jesus, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Boy, yeah, I could just stop right here and preach a little while.
whenever we start thinking that there's just one thing, what, what good thing? What, what's, the, what's the one thing? What's it going to take for me to get there? Whenever we start looking for one thing, it's because we want to do another thing. <laughs> oh, where's them cr- the crickets chirping tonight? Come on. Let me, let me talk to you about something. Eternal life is more than just one thing. What should I do that I may have eternal life? What good thing? And Jesus is going to correct him and let him see that it's more than just one thing. But uh, this guy has, you know, you can tell a lot sometimes, and even we could check ourselves by the way we word things when we're praying, when we're asking, is my focus in the right place? Uh, this sounds like a man who uh, he acknowledges he's a good master, he's a Lord, but I just want to know what's that good thing that I can do. That way I'll make sure I've got that. I'll be doing everything else, but if I've got the one thing that'll get me to heaven, I'll be all right. More than one thing. And so Jesus says unto him in verse 17, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that's God. Jesus is asking him, do you know who I am? Why are you calling me good? Have you figured something out? Why are you calling me good? Do you realize that it's going to take God to get you there? Or you know, Why are you calling me good? Do you know who I am? He said, there's one good, that is, that's God. He said, but if you will enter into life, then keep the commandments. Well, he says, well, which? Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder. Let me back up. Why? Where is that question? <laughs> keep the commandments, which? I just said commandments, and you're like, which? Well, don't you know them? Well, I'll tell you, they won't want to come back in here for another month. <laughs> thou shalt do no murder. I ain't got no problem with that. I don't want to kill nobody. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I got no problems with that. I love my wife. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. These are things that most people are like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not that kind of person. Honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man's like throwing himself a party. So he says unto him, all these things I've kept from my youth. So what lack I yet? I've been a good church boy. What else have I got to do? He's still looking for that one thing. What, what else do I lack? Jesus said, if you're going to be perfect or complete, not perfect without flaw, but perfect in the sense of if you're going to be complete, if you're going to have it all, then go and sell what you have. It's amazing that we think we're going to be better by the more stuff we get, and Jesus is trying to tell us you're going to be better the more stuff you let go of. If Yeah. There we go, warming up now, warming up now. If thou will be perfect, go and sell that that you have and give to the poor. Go to somebody that's lower than you and help them out. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, now he asked the question. Didn't, didn't, yeah, that's right, mama, didn't like the answer. You know, Hey, you asked. This is what you're going to get. I don't like this. He went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. There were things in his life that he was holding on to that to him they were great. Great possessions. It was but maybe because there were a lot of it or maybe it's just he had built it up in his mind that there's nothing better than this. This is great what I have. Whichever meaning you want to apply to it, he didn't want to let go of it. And Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's the man who perceives himself to be rich with things of this world. That thinks that it's the things of this world that buys his happiness, buys his peace, buys his way into heaven. Mm-hmm. And again, I say unto you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, well, then who then can be saved? 
Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then answered Peter and said, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that you which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or land for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Well, if that guy had stuck around, he'd have heard what it takes to get that everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. Tonight I want to talk about, uh, and I've preached from this title before, may not be in the exact direction, but the life-altering effect of what you hold on to. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your instruction. And thank you most of all for your love and mercy and presence here tonight. God, I pray for wisdom. Pray for you to help me and anoint these lips of clay. Help me, God, to bring words that will teach us all and get us ready for heaven, make us better. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> what we hold on to has more power over us than what we realize. You can have all your ducks in a row, but if you're holding on to the wrong stuff, it still won't get you a pass into heaven. <laughs> As this young man finds out, uh, you think about people in the Scripture, we always see that they were willing to let go of things to have what Jesus was offering. I think about Moses many times raised in the palace. He was a Hebrew, but he was raised as Pharaoh's son. But when he came of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh. He was going to leave that luxury palace so he could uh, be with God's people, said, because he uh, realized that... The, and he esteemed the riches of Christ more than the riches and the power and the treasure of Egypt. Moses let go of these things so he could grab hold of Christ. It, way back before Paul said, I'm letting go of things, Moses was letting go of things. Moses was giving us an example that, hey, even uh, you may think you've got all of it, the power, the position, and, and all the prestige, but there's some things, if you weren't really want what counts, you're going to learn, you're going to have to let go of some stuff in this world. I'm telling you this tonight uh, for all of us, a reminder to some, it might be news to some, but what you hold on to will affect you in every walk of your life. Anybody that tells you coming to the Lord don't require no letting go, well, you probably never prayed in an apostolic altar. Because somebody's going to be telling you to hold on and somebody's going to be telling you to let go. And you probably don't even know what that means because I didn't. One in this side, hold on, brother. Let go, brother. I don't know what I'm, which way I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. But I do realize this, that once you become new in him, you can't hold on to the old stuff. I do understand that once you are a new creature in Christ, it says old things are passed away and all things are made new. It's time to let go of some things and it's time to grab hold of some things. If you let go what Jesus died for and if you'll grab hold of what Jesus died for, you're going to find out what you hold on to has a life-altering effect. But if you keep holding on to the past, the past will always have a hold on you. But if you'll hold on to Jesus, he'll always have a hold on you. We can't start looking for one short answer. Hey, what's, what's it going to take to get me into heaven so I can do anything I want to do? And maybe right there at the end, I'll, grab, I'll pull it out and unwrap it and say, here it is. It's time to grab a hold of it and hold on to it right now. He said, You've been, I've been doing these things all my life, Lord. I've been keeping these commandments all my life. What else do I lack? You lack faith in me. You have decided that being a good, faithful church boy was enough, but you won't listen to what I've got. 
he had a church life, but he had great possessions that interfered with his church life. He had, he, he said, what a shame to be faithful in all the commandments, but he still had something he was holding on to that wouldn't let him walk with Jesus. What a shame to come in and be preached into the kingdom of heaven, but still have things on the side that you won't let go of, and you'll never be who Jesus called you to be because you can't let go of the possessions you have. It might be uh, physical things. It might be uh, you know, money. It might be position. It might be power. It might be your ego. It might be your pride. It might be your bitterness. It might be your hate. I don't know what you're holding on to, but I can tell you this. You can hold on to it and think it ain't bothering you or think it ain't affecting you, and you'll fool yourself right up to the day that Jesus comes back and you're looking up at the bottom of my feet. Ah, oh, can I preach a little while in here tonight? We need not think that, hey, we're just uh, born into this thing and all of a sudden we're so perfect that we don't have to do nothing else or let go of nothing else. There's a life-altering effect of what you choose to hold on to. This young man wanted to know what it took to have everlasting life, but he wasn't willing to let go of the things that he needed to to have it. You think, I wouldn't miss heaven for nothing. I'm sure he felt the same way until it was brought to him what it took. There's a lot of people want to go to heaven, but everybody ain't wanting to do what it takes to get there. And why wouldn't you want to go there? Jesus wasn't ugly with him. He wasn't mad. He said, you asked, this is the answer. And what, is there anything that you would hold on to that would stop you from walking with Jesus? Now, for real, if he decided, I'm going to show back up for a while on this earth, and he were to walk in this door and say, I'm here to pick out about... Yeah, I'm going to do like I did last time. I'm going to get about 12 guys, and we're going to walk around for about three years. Let me tell you something. We'd be knocking each other out trying to be, pick me, pick me, pick me. Well, you, oh, you can't go. You got a job. Not no more. I don't. <laughs> or you, you got, you got uh, kids. You got a wife and everything. I'll write them. I got to go. You... <laughs> Come on now. Now, honey, if Jesus said, Candy, will you come walk with me? You'd say, Ed, feed the dog, feed the cat. I'll be back in three years. And I wouldn't begrudge her going. But this guy calls him good master, wants to know about heaven, can't let go of what he's got. He got exposed in a bunch of ways that day. Thought you was, you've been keeping all these commandments. I thought you was all about the Lord. Well, I was until it messed with my stuff. Hey, you know what? I want to go to heaven, so Jesus messed with my stuff. <laughs> you know what? Peter has a great opportunity one day, right in the middle of a storm. That looks like Jesus out there walking on the water. Hey, if that's you... Bid me to come out there. Come on. Now, if he holds on to the boat, he never takes that journey. But if he lets go of the boat, you see where I'm at? I want to be where you are. You just said I could be where you are, but now it's up to me. Am I going to hold on to what I'm secure in? Am I going to hold on to what I know will keep me safe? Or am I going to trust God and walk on water? He had that whole scenario work, it, work out like it did because of what he chose to hold on to and because of what he chose to let go of. And when he let go of the boat, when he let go of what was natural, when he let go of what he knew would keep him safe and dry and undrowned, <laughs> he started walking on water, headed to where Jesus... It wasn't about just... He didn't say, hey, let me walk. I want to come to where you are. It's my desire to get to where Jesus is. It's my desire to get to where Jesus wants me to be. But let me tell you something. That cross that you're supposed to be picking up and carrying every day, it don't fit everywhere. When you hold on to the cross, it'll keep you from going some places. And some places you can only fit when you lay it down. Come on, somebody. 
while I'm holding on to it, I ain't got no worries. When I'm carrying that cross and I'm walking, I realize that I have lost this life so I could save it. But let me tell you, when I lay it down, it's unrestricted where I could find myself. You say, oh, I would never go there. Lay the cross down. You'll be scared to death where you'll find yourself. Just lay the cross down for one day. You'll be scared to death where you'll find yourself. But as long as you're holding the cross, as long as you're carrying your cross, as long as you're doing what Jesus said to do, let me tell you, honey, that cross will, hey, it'll keep you from going some places. It ain't popular everywhere. It don't fit everywhere. And if you decide, well, I've made my mind up, I'm going to carry it, it'll keep you out of a lot of places. Come on, it'll keep you out of dark rooms. It'll keep you out of back seats. It'll keep you out of bars. Hello, somebody. If you're really holding on to it, if you hadn't laid it down, if you didn't say, well, I got a day tonight, I better leave this here. As long as you're carrying it. You know what happened on that cross? That's where he went to destroy sin. That's where sin died. As long as you're carrying the cross, you're just killing that sin. 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 I'm telling you, it matters what you hold on to. And it matters what you let go of. Hold on to that cross, you're going to be glad. Let it go and you'll never meet a more sorry person in, in your life than someone who has let go of the cross of Calvary. And I'm telling you what, there's a lot of people that have loved the feel of that old rugged cross on their back one more time. Woo, I didn't ever think I'd want to feel that again, but I'm so glad to have the protection of the cross of Calvary. Uh, my cross, I'm glad. If you think you can carry that cross and go anywhere you want to, think again. Even Jesus couldn't live on the cross. It killed him. Yeah. What makes you think you're going to live if you got it? <laughs> Oh, the cross was all about the sacrifice. The cross was all about that death to sin. He died for our sins. We die to sin when we, get, when we pick that cross up. I've got the cross of Calvary. I'm going to keep carrying it. I, I'm, I'm not going to hold on to things I shouldn't hold on to. I'm not going to carry around things that I shouldn't carry. I'm not going to be involved in things I shouldn't be involved in. There's too much at stake. There ain't nothing that I've got, no possession so great that I, I can't give it up for Jesus. If there is, you need to take an inventory while we're preaching tonight. And, and if there is something that's just so great you don't think you can lay it down, you need to find this altar in a little bit and say, Lord, I am going to lay it down because I don't want to be held up. I don't want to be held back. I don't want to be left here. Well, regeneration, this all right. I know the, the, the other ones, they used to it. They in here on Wednesday night, so. Hey, let me tell you. Good, good. Let me tell you. It's Wednesday night, it's meat and potatoes, man. Wednesday night, it's just, it's the word and what it says. It's not, it ain't mean, it ain't ugly, it ain't nobody mad. Let me tell you, I, that's, I, I tell it like it is because I love you. I tell it like it is because I love you and I want to see you the best you that you can be. And if I were to say, oh, yeah, just go ahead and that, that probably won't keep, that won't bother you, I'd be lying. There's some things, and I'm not going to sit up here and read a list out tonight and say, okay, now get your checklist out. Here's what you can do, can't do, where you go, where you can't. You, you ought to have enough Holy Ghost in you to know that. I shouldn't, have to, I shouldn't have to run a list on that things. If I have to, if I have to call it out, I will. If I see it and I have to call it out, I will. Because that's what I do. I'm the watchman on the wall for this church. And, uh, so, and, and if I don't cry out about it, then Jesus gets me. And let me tell you, I ain't going to be lost for nobody. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you. Uh, uh, so you take up that, life, that cross, it's life-changing. If you look at the disciples, the whole thing was about what they would hold on to or let go of. Follow me. 
I can't follow you holding these fish. Peter, you look pretty silly carrying them fishing nets through the desert. Immediately, he let go of the nets so he could follow him. Immediately, they left their jobs, their places of work, their, their, their lives. They, they walked away from families and things to have and experience all that they did. It changed. Do you, do you think it didn't change their life? Because it did. The Lord even said it'll change your life. I'll make you fishers of men. Wow. What does that mean? You won't find out till I make you that. But you'll never find out staying here. You'll never find out slinging that net into the water. You're going to have to follow me. Let me tell you something. It'll be that way all the way to the end. One of the last, you know, probably if it's, if it's scriptural correct, then the first words you, that Peter hears really, uh, or the first command, I guess, that Peter hears from Jesus is follow me. You know what some of the last recorded words to Peter are from Jesus? Follow me. When you, it didn't change, did it, Peter? From the very beginning of the journey to the end, it's all about follow me. But you can't follow him like you need to holding on to this world. And you can't follow him holding on to the things that, that are eating you alive and, and, and tearing up your life. You've got to let some things go so you can hold on to him. You'll never be able to follow him dragging all your junk. Uh, I'm coming, Lord. I'm coming. I'm coming. He ain't stopping and waiting on you. But if you let go of that, maybe that's, that's why uh, he said, lay aside every weight and every sin. Because you can't run this race holding on to all that stuff. Sometimes it's these weights that, that keep you stuck in that rut. Let it go. Because holding on to it is changing who you are. It might be slow and maybe you're not recognizing it. But let me tell you, there's some things like hate and anger, and bitterness, and jealousy, and envy. Yeah. Strife, and, and, and all that. It, it, it's things that, that you're holding on to. That it, It's changing you little by little, day by day, and, and you look in the mirror, and you're not, the, you're not that uh, praise and jump and worship and praying person you was two or three years ago. What happened to me? Why don't you check all that weight you're carrying around? Why don't you check all that baggage you're carrying around? Why don't you let go of the things that are killing you? You know, one of the first things you'll do if you grab an electric wire, you'll be letting it go. Because if you hold on to it, it'll kill you. You grab a hot iron, you know what you want to do? Let it go because it's going to burn you. Why hold on to things that will destroy you? And it will. Don't think that you're strong enough to carry it around and still be what God wants you to be. Let it go. Because it will alter who you are. I've been baptized. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And you're changing into something else every day because you won't let go of the things that can destroy you. Being born again does not make us indestructible. We still have to rely on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's still a strong tower that the righteous need to run into and be safe. We still need Jesus every day. I think about, you know what, sometimes I hate that Facebook memories. Because 10 years ago, I looked a lot better. She's, contract, she's got a contract. So she has, she's got to say that. No, no. But you, I, I, I tell her, you know, all times, look, 10 years ago, I had no gray hair. And 10 years ago, my whole face worked. And, you know, 10 years ago, I was a little thinner. I mean, I just, you know, all this wasn't going on. So these bags wasn't going on. And you look, and you're like, where did this guy come from? Well, he just crept up on you real slow over 10 years. And that, that can make you sad. 
it make you cry. <laughs> Be honest about it. And it might cause you to hurt yourself trying to get back to the way you were 10 years ago. But what's more sad than that is to look at yourself in the mirror and realize you don't pray like you used to pray. You don't worship like you used to worship. I understand age gets us in there, and maybe we, we can't run. We're not as spry as we used to be. You know, and, and I, I get the, that, but when it becomes my personality now to be that, I'm going to sit here and not do anything kind of person anymore. Where did that come from? It, it, it crept up because the cares of this life started choking it out. Fear started choking it out. Bitterness started choking it out. Hate started choking it out. Jealousy started choking it out. All, all these things that, that the Lord tells us to get away from, to let go of, and to flee. And, and all of a sudden we realize we've got a whole trunk full of it. And we're trying to drag it around. Big heavy trunk of care for this life in one hand. Trying to work the cross in some way. No, I don't. You know what's worse? Somebody said, you know what I'll do? I'll just start whittling the cross down. It'd be a lot easier to carry if it was a lot smaller. It's got to be big enough for you to fit on. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That, that pocket-sized keychain-sized cross, <laughs> I don't get it. So lay aside every weight and lay aside the sin that does so easily, easily. The Lord wasn't even playing tricks with these words. He said, I'm going to let you know it will trip you up so easy. It, it'll humble you so fast. Oh, I'm all this, and it ain't going to get me. Why is your face busted up? Because I just fell flat on it. Why, why, why you, what happened, uh, Joshua? Why are you laying on your face crying after you just defeated Jericho? And after you, you know why? Because you let something in that wasn't supposed to be here. There's sin in the camp, and until you get that right, ain't no more victory. And so they had to get rid of some things. They had to, and it was bad. And that day, a whole family and all their possessions and everything were, were destroyed so that because of the sin that they had brought into Israel's midst. Well, let me tell you, there's some things you're going to have to kill out of your life. You're going to have to let go of some things so you can hold on to the things that you need to hold on to. You can't hold the cross and everything and juggle the things of this world and make it work. Nobody could do it in Scripture. And let me tell you, we are not so evolved that we can do it today in the 21st century. This is who we are. We are still human flesh, blood. We're in the image of God. But let me tell you, and we're full of power. We're full of the Holy Ghost. But he's not gonna, that's not going to mean we can do things that are out of the context of Scripture and at work. Oh, I'm so full of the Holy Ghost, I don't even need the Bible no more. <laughs> what about, hey, you think there ain't people that don't believe that? Oh, I'm so spiritual now, I don't need no book that it's probably full of contradictions anyway. You don't hear that kind of garbage in this world today? Man, I, I got so, I, I'm so close to the Lord, I don't even need to go to church. I don't need a preacher. I don't need to pray. All that is running rampant in this world today to pull, because it's so easy. It's so easy. Well, I did what I had to do. I got born again. Uh, that's all I got to do. I was baptized, filled the Holy Ghost. I don't need to go to church. I don't need a preacher. You don't? Well, how, you, how are you going to have faith? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. How can they hear without a preacher? Wow. Wow. It's so much, it, you, you can't get around the Bible. I mean, you can take lines out of it, erase it, or just do away with it and build your own doctrine. Or you can do what Jesus said to do. Let go of the things that are holding you back and follow me. Turn loose of the things that are killing you and follow me. Turn loose of the things that are sidetracking you and follow me. Romans 6 and 16 says, Don't you know to whom you yield yourself service to obey? His service you are, to whom you obey, 
whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. I can't, we can't bypass that scripture. Whoever we yield our self to, that's whose servant we become. We cannot, Jesus said it, Matthew 6 and 24, no man can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't do it. You, I can't do it. You can't do it. They couldn't do it then. That's why he was telling them then. He said, this will never change. My word's forever settled. It'll never be eliminated or erased out or, or moved. This word means what it says forever. No man, no, no pastor, no evangelist, no missionary, no Bible school student. Uh-uh. No man, rich, poor, young, old, white, black, whatever, it don't matter. No man can serve two masters. So we've got to figure out who we're going to hold on to. I'm going to hold on to him. I made a commitment when I said I, I believed in him. I made a commitment when I repented of my sins. I made a commitment when I went down in that water in Jesus' name and I was going to believe that he's about to wash away the sins of my past. I sure am not going to go back and pick up what defiled me before. Why would I go back to the things that the water and the blood just washed away? You're holding on to dead man's things. If you believe those things were buried with you, they belong with the dead. You don't play with dead things. What we hold on to, physical things, possessions, habits, emotional things, hurt, bitterness, unforgiveness, spiritual things, faithlessness, doubt, discouragement, we will serve it. Whatever we hold on to, we will serve it. And it will manifest in our lives and will cause the most faithful people to walk away. You've seen it. I've seen it. I've, I've seen people that, uh, that I looked up to, preachers that I looked up to. Just recently, we heard of a, a man that I have known my whole time in church, pastored a church, was, a hit, was like, uh, had a big role in their organization in their state, and he has walked away from his church. He has walked away from his family. He has said, I'm done with it. He's walked away from his faith. And before he did all that, you could read it in his Facebook post that he was headed in that direction. He was making a lifestyle change. It changed. It changed him. And it changed him for who he was. And now he, he, he's got a wife and daughter that don't have nobody at home. And he got to left a church without a pastor and, and left all these people. I'm telling you, it matters what you hold on to. It matters what you let go of. And you can't let go of the things of God and expect everything to be all right. And you can't hold on to the things of the world and expect everything to be all right. When God gave Abraham promise in Genesis chapter 12, he, he called him and Abraham had to walk away from everything. He said, get out of your country. Get away from your... What happened there? Get away from your kinfolk. Get away from your father's house. Go to a place that I'll show you. Well, what if God had come back next day and said, what are you still doing here? Because you'll never have what I've got for you here. You're going to have to let go to get to where I want you to be. And I'm telling you something today, that if you want to see the blessings of God in your life and the promises of God fulfilled in your life, you're going to have to leave some things behind. Everything don't get to go with you. Some things have got to be left behind. Couldn't you see me up here pastoring and preaching with one of them old concert t-shirts I used to have with the sleeves cut out of it, naked woman on the front of it? Yeah, that's the kind of shirts I wore with a big old lightning bolt hanging down right here. You just better do what I say. 
Yeah, that, yeah, I see, I see y'all buying that ticket. <laughs> no, that stuff don't go. Those are things that got buried. Those are things that got gone. Those are things that got left behind. Can you say, you know, I'll tell you what, today I think we'll just, you know, it, it's, it mentions heaven in the song. So today let's, let's stand up and worship while the choir sings Stairway to Heaven. Well, it says heaven, spiritual, ain't it? What about living on a prayer? You want us to be praying people? Yeah, you know what? You don't sing Bon Jovi in church. And you don't sing Led Zeppelin in church. But Joseph had dreams. What about dream on? Everything don't mix. It's things you got to let go of. Hey, I've been serving the Lord 26 years better now. And I still find that there's things in this world I've got to let go of. You know, like I said, people's got to have a sense to know what to do. Maybe you've seen it, most of us on social media, if you're on Facebook. Well, now, you know, there's a big thing with Netflix because they've created, you know, Netflix does their Netflix originals, their movies. They make them. Well, now they've made a movie about the Lord, saying that the Lord was a homosexual. Comedy, making fun of him, blasphemy. I no longer have Netflix. Now what you do is up to you. And the reason this is different than just TV, well, I, I just won't watch that, is because every dime they get from their subscriptions, they put into making that movie. So if you pay your monthly subscription, I'm just telling you, you're funding that kind of trash. I, hey, I was funding that kind of trash. Not no more. Got rid of it because I realized, God, I can't, I can't support that. I can't be a part of that. Uh, that's, that's not going to happen. A lot of people are all flipping out about Hallmark Channel. Oh, boy. Well, when they start doing, doing the stuff they're doing, same-sex marriages, all that stuff, promoting that stuff, got to go. You can't pay money to support things that are against God. Oh, I, should, I shouldn't even brought that up. <laughs> okay, is he done yet? What time can I get out of here? <laughs> I'll tell you things that just will help you. I'm just telling you things that you're going to have to watch out for because this world is turned in such a way that it will cause every born-again soul to reevaluate their life day by day. We live in a world that will cause us to choose each day who we will serve. I know it was a one-time thing, but it's going to be a choice you make every day. Joshua said, make a choice today who you're going to serve, but you make that decision every day. And so when you see these things going, I can't support it. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't do it. I just cannot do it. I cannot give that kind of money uh, knowing that they're going to make some, probably something. That's just the beginning. There's no telling what's coming out. There is no telling because it will be like it was in the days of Noah. And he said in that day, it was only their intention to be more evil with every day, to just find out how wicked they could be. They were just looking for something ugly and godless to do. And that's the world we are living in today. And so if we are going to be a light the light that Jesus said we would be. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Then guess what? You can't be throwing no filters over that light. Can't be uh, mixing that light with the light, of, with the light of this world. You've got to let the light, the true light, shine. He said, "People, he said, you can't put that light under a bushel, expect it to do anything." You can't cover this light with things of this world and expect it to do anything. The only way it will bring benefit 
to anyone is when you let it burn bright. So if you've got friends and family that you want to see saved, if you've you got people in this world and you want, want them to know, I live for the Lord. I'm not talking about walking around holding the banner with your chest out. I'm holier than you are and, and you should follow me because I'm better than you. I, that's nonsense. And if, you, if, you, if that's what you got out of this, bless you. Um, because that's not what I'm saying at all. Each one of us born again, the Bible says to be holy because he's holy. That's a daily choice. To keep his commandments and love him, that's a daily choice. To pick up the cross, it's a daily choice. To ask for daily bread, well, daily choice. It's, it's, you, you've got to make a decision. When you wake up in the morning, when I get to school today, when I get to work today, when I get to vacation, when I get wherever I'm going, am I still going to be the same born-again child of God that I was on Sunday jumping around, worshiping, praising him, and praying? Or is that just my Sunday persona? Mm. <laughs> Pastor, you're taking pain medicine, ain't you? You want some of that medication? You could... uh, I'm not. There's one thing I know that Jesus loves you so much he died for you, that he loved me so much that he died for me. He, he died for this ugly, nasty, perverted soul that I was. He, I, I tell you, if you could have seen some of the places that I found myself in, if you could have seen some of the places where I, I, I wound up face down in a puddle of drunken throw up, just so drunk, didn't know where I was at. People having to scoop you up and get you home because you couldn't drive, couldn't do anything. Just a wreck. A wreck. And Jesus said, yeah, I'll go to the cross for that. I'll go to the cross for him. I'm going to give him a shot. Who knows what he'll do, but I'm going to give him a shot. Jesus did that for us. He was beat. He was humiliated. He was shamed. And he died for that. That's what he died for. Boy, how do you think I'm not going to pick that cross up and carry it every day? Oh, yeah. I'm going to pick that cross up and carry it. I'm going to live for him. Do I stumble? Do I trip? Do I have to search myself? Yes, I do. And as time draws on and this world gets darker, Every day, I'm going to have to say, we're going to have to look at things. You, you believe me, you, you listen to this preacher today. You're going to have to wake up every day and look at what you listen to on the radio, what you watch on TV, who you hang around on the job, who you hang around at school, because there's going to be so much trying to destroy you. I mean, we're not going to build a compound and all come hide together. I ain't talking about nothing like that. Ain't going to be no kinfolk marrying and stuff like that. That's not none of that going on. Ain't going to be none of that nonsense. Nothing like that. But I tell you what we will do is we'll be the church. I'm, I'm so blessed to be a part of the church. Jesus pray, paid what a price he paid that I could be saved, that all that filth could be washed away. It couldn't do it with anything else. It had to be his blood. If it's possible, let this cup pass. It ain't possible. Well, if it's not, then I'll drink it. And he, he took that cup and he took that sin and he went to that cross and he died. But I'm so glad he got up three days later. And I'm so glad that he sent the Holy Ghost back to live in our heart. I am glad today that I am holding on to something that has changed my life forever. I am glad that I let go of some things, and that has changed my life forever. There is a life-altering effect of what you choose to hold on to. You hear me, young people? Some things, that, but that just seems so small. You ever seen, you live in the country, you've seen them. You ever seen them little red, I mean bright red, fuzzy ants? Ain't real big, are they? Next time you see one, I want you to go pick one up. Have you ever tried to pick one up? I have. 
It didn't go well. When you're a kid, you think, oh, look at that neat little bug. Just little, it can't do much. Hands swell up like a... Some people have allergies. Just a mosquito bite some people. You don't even realize it hardly. He can bite some people and it's like... It's a tumor. They have allergic reactions. They're allergic to that. Every child of God is deathly allergic to sin. You won't get bit by sin and, oh, I can't even tell. It's doing the damage. No matter how small it is. I could preach a while. It's done got after eight. Let me tell you, don't make the mistake that this young man made. That he had built up a trophy room of all he had done and now he was a shoe-in. Don't walk out of here knowing that you've got something going on and say, well, it must be all right because I still spoke in tongues. The Lord must not care that I'm watching that because I still spoke in tongues. The Lord must not care that I have started wearing this or doing that because I still spoke in tongues. God's going to be good to you and he's not going to take the Holy Ghost away from you. But it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. And once we start the smallest transgression, he's trying to get us to repent. So he'll let you speak in tongues again. He'll let you feel them cold chills again. He'll let you weep and cry again. But it's not because he's giving you permission or patting you on the back saying it'll be okay. He's saying, come on and repent. Come, come on and turn back around. Get back on the path. You picked up something. You put your hand to something that's going to destroy you. He's trying to keep you saved. See, if somebody don't tell you this, you don't know. If somebody don't tell you this, you don't know. You've got to, I don't want you to be deceived. I don't want you to deceive yourself. Thinking, wow. I went and did all this on Friday and Saturday. Woo! I don't know how many tequila shots I took. And, and I still prayed and spoke in tongues on Sunday. God must be all right with drinking. No, he's just all right with trying to save you. He wants you saved. He wants you back in the house of God. He wants you walking with him again. We've got to lay that stuff down. The Bible says to be holy because he is holy. That's a great life to live. Ain't a better life than that. Honey, come on to the music. I'm going to come on down. I know I've got stuff yet to say, but can't give it to you all in one shot. Stand with me. In Matthew 16, 26, the Lord asked a question. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? That's the question for that young man, wasn't it? What would you give in exchange for your soul? What would you dare hold on to that would endanger your eternal soul? You'll reap the the consequences of sin in this life in your flesh without a doubt. But you sure don't want to reap them in the life afterwards in a place of torment where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth where the worm dieth not or the soul dieth not. I don't want to be found there.
So you ask yourself tonight, is that little thing that I've been carrying around is really worth my soul? Is that little habit, that little, that little grudge, that little feeling, is that worth my soul? What are you holding on to so tight tonight that you can't let it go for Jesus? What has got you so wrapped up tonight that you cannot let it go and walk away and follow Jesus? While she's playing tonight and singing, I want you to come and find a place in this altar. I want you to take inventory, saints. Listen to me. Take inventory. And tonight, what, what, would you give for your soul? If the answer is nothing, then I, I believe you'll lay it all down here tonight. Lay it down for the Lord.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While you're praying, just listen to something Paul said. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And being found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Forget those things that are behind Let them go and press forward. Reach forward. Reach for the things of God. Reach for that prize. Reach for that that calling that God's placed on your life. Don't let nothing in this world stop you. Hallelujah. Don't let nothing in this world sidetrack you. Don't let nothing in this world hold you back. Serve the Lord with gladness. Put your hand. The Bible says if any man puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom of God. Well, he's looking back. He's trying to find that place of rest. He's trying to find that place of his old life if he's looking back. But, but what you're holding on to will change your life. Keep your eyes focused forward. Keep walking with God. Keep serving Him. God's going to bless you for it. When you're faithful to God, He's always faithful to you. Oh, you're going to reap the benefits of it, of carrying that cross daily. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands together one more time. Honey, sing that chorus of the old rugged cross one more time. Let's, let's just make that. I know that's an old song. But I'm thankful for the cross. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what it brought to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the cross of Calvary today?
just Jesus only. Just Jesus only. I remember, Brother Shannon, I used to love to hear your dad sing, It's My Desire. Oh, he could sing that song like nobody could. It's my desire to live for Jesus. It's got to be your desire. But you know what? Desire is something that you renew every day. People think desire is just something that grabs you, but if you don't fuel that something, the desire will fade away. So you got to make a daily commitment. Feed that fire. Feed that desire. Feed that desire to live for Jesus. Sometimes that desire is harder when we're desiring to eat better. You know, the holidays come around. And now, what you have to do is decide, do I want to eat all I want to eat and just don't care? Or do I desire to really be better? And if your desire is to be better and to be healthier, you'll make that decision. You'll turn that pie away, that cake away, that, that sugar away, and you'll because your desire is to be better. And sometimes when you're doing everything you can to live for Jesus, there'll be things trying to pull you and, and kill your desire. Throw a wet blanket on that Holy Ghost fire trying to stop you from living right. But if your desire is for Jesus, you keep praying, you keep praising, you keep worshiping, you keep doing, and it'll, you, you, you keep throwing wood on the fire. Let that Holy Ghost burn. Pray, the Bible says. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's how you build yourself up, it says, on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. The Holy Ghost will get you through it. Keep worshiping. It'll get you through it. God bless you. I'm thankful. I hope, hope you enjoyed the preaching, the teaching, whatever you tonight. I know that if you're really serious about heaven, you enjoyed it. Praise God. And I love each and every one of you, even the ones I don't know. I love you. And I'm glad you're with us tonight. And let's get ready to have a great service on Sunday, 12 o'clock. Be here at 11 so you can get in the prayer rooms. We have a great time worshiping the Lord. Be safe this week. Pray for those that are sick. God bless you tonight. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.